0: Welcome to Center Ice here on this October 3rd Sunday. It's a cloudy day here in Toronto. I'm here as always with Matthew Maynard. And just to let you know, this is going to be our last show for a little while. I'm moving from Toronto. So I have a lot of things on my plate right now. I'm pretty excited. I'll have some more details on that eventually. I just can't release those right now. But first and foremost, how are you doing,
1: Matt? I am doing pretty well. Another cloudy day here in Ottawa. And uh, I am excited. It's really feeling like an NHL season. Uh, as many of you know, I work for the Ottawa Senators. We're finally back in the building. It's great to be back. It's great to see fans again, even if we're all wearing masks and everything. It's. I tell you, Mac. The first warm up on uh, last Wednesday, it was just great to hear the sounds of hockey again. You know, the the blaring rap music through the arena, the crowds, the the pucks hitting the glass and the posts and the nets. Oh, it's you forget how much you missed live hockey Mac until you get back to your first game.
0: Yeah, for sure. So today, just to give you an idea of what we're going to talk about, you guys really liked the episode where we predicted the rosters for Canada, Russia and the US for Beijing. So we're going to continue on that trend. And today we're going to talk about the rosters we think for Finland, Sweden, and also the Czech Republic. But first and foremost, a few things we have to mention. And some of these, are more important than others. I had this second, but I'm going to mention it first. Congratulations to Kirsten Welsh, who becomes the first woman lines person in the Ontario Hockey League. That's just terrific. And we wish her all the best. Absolutely. And now another important issue, a GM in the UHL was fired after he confronted the league about racism when a player received, I would say, less than ideal punishment. And this guy continues to be outspoken. You can read about this story online. A look, guys, we have a long way to go before we can say hockey is for everyone, like the NHL likes to say, or hockey people like to say, there's a long way to go here. Moving on. This was interesting because you and I have mentioned this before kind of in casual conversations and other sports have relaxed dress codes for pretty much all their players. But the Arizona Coyotes, Matt, the first team in the NHL to relax the dress code for their players. What do you think?
1: Well, I think it's a great thing. And I think the guys on the TSN will 100 pregame show for the Senators game last night. summed of perfectly. The players, they should be allowed to have more freedom to express their mind, express their, their views, express their personality. Quite frankly, at the end of the day, with the exception of the five second camera you see on Hockey Night in Canada, if the players walk into the dressing room, you're not going to see their clothing other than that. So it really should be I've, be. I've always believed it should be up to the players. If you want to wear a suit, that's your right. And if you want to go in in a T-shirt and uh, shorts, that should also be your right and And I think it should also be the same as coaches. I don't think that we're going to see coaches going into pretty uh, casual stuff anytime soon, even if that is relaxed for coaches league-wide. Remember there was that one game a few years ago where John Tortorella wore a nice, respectful track suit and it it looked perfectly fine. But everyone who was a hockey purist lost their marbles. How dare John Tortorella decide not to wear a suit behind the bench? It's the funny little things like this, Mac. that it's incredible how much people hold on to some of these old traditions. and don't get me wrong, I like wearing a nice suit and tie, but I think we're at the point, especially when you go to your regular office job nowadays, Matt, most businesses are pretty casual about things. You know, a nice polo, for example, tends to suffice. So I'm happy to see Arizona catching up with the rest of the world in terms of dress codes. And I think it's the first domino to fall in terms of the dress code for the rest of the NHL.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it's really surprising that the Coyotes are the first team to do it. But like you said, we would hope that other teams will follow suit. It's about time. So now on to another piece of news. The Toronto Maple Leafs and Sheldon Keefe have agreed to a two-year contract extension. And before we get into the Canucks here, let's quickly, very quickly touch on the Leafs and Sheldon Keefe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for all the flack that the Leafs have gotten over the last couple of years, Matt, the one thing you have to say about the Leafs that has been good is that I think Sheldon Keefe has done an admirable job considering given this group of players, I think he's done about the best he can in terms of coaching this team. Because at a certain point, I think both general managers and fans have to remember that a coach can only do so much. The coach can give you all the motivational speeches in the world. They can draw up the perfect game plan. But at the end of the day, it's the players that need to go out there and execute those game plans. And I do think that the work ethic from the Maple Leafs, although it needs some work, has been better under Sheldon Keith certainly than it was under Mike Babcock. And I think that the Leafs as a whole are slowly... <laughs> heading in the right direction they have had some issues as he and I have talked about many times before on this show but you can't blame those on Sheldon Keith i think that it's a good extension for the leafs it's not super long term it's just two years and i think that keith is a solid coach and if he ends up leaving the leafs in a couple years mac he will uh, certainly find a job pretty quickly in the nhl because i think a lot of General managers have quickly realized that he is a solid head coach.
0: Yeah, for sure. Now on to the Vancouver Canucks. This is news that Canucks fans and really NHL fans in general have been waiting for. Elias Pettersson signs a bridge deal for three years at $7.35 million per year AAV. And Quinn Hughes and the Canucks agreed to a six-year contract extension for $47.1 million Two huge signings for Vancouver, a team that we've talked a lot about. And yes, they have their issues, but they have some really nice pieces there with Pedersen, Hughes, Demko, Horvat, and more.
1: Absolutely. And I think that the Canucks, uh, I I do think they underperformed last year, Mac. And I think that they will be better this year. They are in a weak division in the Pacific. So I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, Mac. It's too soon to say that. However, if things go right and they can rekindle what they had a couple years ago, they could have another solid season because they've got pieces there. It's just a matter of what did Jim Benning do to the team to hold them back this offseason, right? You and I have talked about his questionable signings previously on this show. We talked about this offseason, as a matter of fact. And uh, the Canucks are going to be an interesting team to follow this year, Mac, because they're either going to sink quickly or they're going to be Kind of on the bubble is where I see them the rest of the way. They're going to be just hanging in there and they'll sneak into the playoffs. That's the two ways I see the Canucks season going, in my opinion. And certainly having Pedersen and Hughes back on pretty good deals overall is certainly going to help the Canucks' chances. On the topic of RFA negotiations back, I should mention a little bit of news on Brady Kachuk as his contract is still being worked on as of this episode and from what i've heard in Sensland land mac the term and money has been agreed to the thing that seems to be holding it back and this is interesting is signing bonuses and signing bonuses in ottawa tend not to be a thing the senators uh for example in trading for Nikita Zaitsev, one of the big reasons they traded for him a few years ago, Matt, was that his signing bonus had already been paid. Eugene Malik does not like to pay signing bonuses. This is a well-known fact among NHL GMs and and NHL agents. So that seems to be where the impasse is at the moment. If I'm a Senators fan, it's a bit on, I'd say the blame's a bit on both sides because you and I have talked about on the show before, how eight by eight, even though Brady Kachuk is a solid player, is an overpayment for Brady Kachuk. So, I, I do believe that that's where the impasse is. The Senators, I think, are right in this case, as much as that may not be the popular opinion among some Sens fans. I think the Sens are right to say, Look, Brady, we're paying you eight by eight. And th- we're or we're offering you eight by eight. And you know, you're not gonna get that anywhere else if you were a free agent. So we're giving you more than you're worth. And asking for a a bonus, I think is pushing it a little too far. And that just seems to be where the impasse is. I don't know how much either side has budged. I do think at this point, Mac, it very well might continue into the regular season, though. So things are certainly interesting. On the Brady Kachuk side of things, I'll be fascinated to see where they go, whether he actually ends up resigning Ottawa, maybe Ottawa even considers cutting their losses and trading him. It's very well possible. There's lots of potential outcomes for this scenario. The most likely one, I think, is that Brady Kachuk signs a bridge deal, but... We shall see. It's a very interesting situation, I say the least.
0: Yeah, for sure. So a few quick points before we get into our main discussion here. Red Wings forward Jacob Vrana will miss four months after undergoing shoulder surgery. You and I are very high on Vrana. He only played 11 games with Detroit, but finished at a point per game pace with eight goals and three assists. The Blues traded Zach Sanford to the Senators for Logan Brown in a conditional draft pick. And also, last but not least... Henrik Lundqvist will have his number retired at Madison Square Garden on January 28th of 2022.
1: I'm so happy for the King, Matt, before we move on. I got to say that, that I am so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm so happy for him. It well-deserved, the legendary goalie. That's going to be an exciting ceremony. I'll certainly be tuning in on the 28th of January.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, same for me. Okay, let's get into the fun stuff, shall we? Absolutely. Who do you want to do first, Finland, Sweden, or Czech Republic?
1: Ooh, um, I'm feeling Sweden. Let, let's do some Sweden. Sweden uh, is another team that uh, is always in the contention for a Metal Mac, and they have won the gold In somewhat recent years, they won in 2006 in Italy, and they won the silver medal the last time the NHLers were at the Olympics. So the Swedish team is always a team to be reckoned with. And just like every other NHL team, Mac, there's, sorry, international team, there's going to be a lot of turnover between 2014 and now. And there still will be a few returning players, but there's a lot of great young Swedes on this team, eh, Mac?
0: yeah absolutely so let's get into it and on the first line we've got William Nylander with Elias Patterson and Gabriel Landeskog
1: that is a fabulous first line Mac that is going to be an incredibly hard line to stop I I feel bad for any of the defenders that are going to have to step on the ice and defend those three guys three of the best scoring players in the league There playmakers it's such a good line Mac and uh it's a great, I think that's a given that the Swedish team is going to go with those three as their starting line because they're Sweden's three best players. And I think that if the Swedes want to make an impact right away in the Olympics, that's a great way to do it. As we move on to the second line, still another solid line, Mac. Got Forsberg, Backstrom down the middle, and Carlson on the right wing. What do you think of this second line, Mac?
0: I like this line because you've got a combination of two-way players with Backstrom and Carlson who can, you know, Backstrom is an amazing passer. His accolades speak for themselves. He's probably going to be a future hall of famer. We'll see. And then you've got William Carlson who plays the game with speed skill, but he's also very good defensively and coach Pete DeBoer calls on him in a lot of defensive situations in that area of his game has really grown since he started playing with the Vegas Golden Knights. And yeah, I mean, that's just a really well-rounded second line. I thought about putting backstrom on the first line, but I have to give it to the young kid. I've got to give it to Elias Pettersson.
1: Yeah, I think that's still a solid tech line. And even heading down the depth chart, another line, I think this third line is another decent line, Mac. You've got Varoukovsky on the left. you got Mika Zivanejad in the middle. And you got Raquel on the right. And I will say, in terms of Mika Zivanejad, uh, he can would certainly be a fluky player, but... Uh, if the Swedish coaches remind him that every player he's facing played on Philly at some point or something like that, remind him that he's playing Philly, it'll <laughs> lead Sweden to a gold medal. So, as long as that, as long as guys like Sibana jack can get going, in my opinion, there's no reason why the Swedish team can't get a medal at the Olympics.
0: Yeah, no, I I like this team a lot and it might not have, you know, the big names like other teams, but it's just really well-rounded and we'll get into the defense in a bit, but accompanying Zibanejad on that third line, we have Ricard Raquel, very good player who I like a lot, and Andre Burakovsky, who has really done a great job ever since he signed with the Colorado Avalanche. So let's talk about that fourth line. We have one returnee and two new guys on this fourth line.
1: Yeah, we've got Wenberg on the left wing, Ericsson Hack down the middle, and Hornqvist on the right. And as you mentioned, Mac, the Swedes may not have all the star power that like the Americans, and Canadians, and even the Russians would have, but they've just got such a solid forward group from top to bottom. And it's, it goes the same with the defense. And that's to me what makes the Swedish team very dangerous.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just we'll mention the spares quickly. We've got Michael Backlund and Adrian Kempe as the spares, but let's get into the defense and the goaltending. So first and foremost, your top pairing. I mean, it's it's hard to top this by really any country, maybe Canada or the US, but Victor Hedman and Klingberg on that top pair.
1: Absolutely, uh, Two of the best defensemen in League Mac on the same pairing. That is going to be a major one-two punch. So they're going to log out. Even though the other four defensemen are quite good, those two are going to be a real one-two punch. They're going to uh, log a lot of minutes for Sweden at the Olympics for sure. And then heading down the depth chart a little bit, still a solid second pairing defenseman, Mac. You've got Ekholm and you got Oliver ekman Larson, a, a solid second pairing. And you look at that third pairing, it's uh, still a decent one, too. You've got Rasmus Dahlien and Brodine to round out our top six defensemen. And once again, just like the four group, Mac, a well-rounded defensive core there. And it's that first pairing in particular raises the uh, defensive grouping by, by so much, in my opinion, not that the other four are bad by any means, but... Hedman and Klingberg, as I mentioned earlier, two of the best defensemen in the league, and you're going to have them on the same pairing, and they're going to log a lot of minutes, they're going to kill penalties, they're going to be on the power play, and that is an incredible asset to have if you're the Swedish team. And as you mentioned, there's not a lot of countries out there that can rival the talent of those two on one pairing. You mentioned maybe Canada, maybe the United States, but even then, Hedman and Klingberg... There, Anyone that's followed the NHL at all knows how good those two are and having them on a pairing. It makes me giddy with excitement, Matt, that we're going to see basically all-star rosters play against one another in the Olympics this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. And on the bench, in terms of spares, we have Eric Carlson and Adam Larson. And now you mentioned the defense and the forwards, but here's where they can really make an impact. And that's in net. I mean, you've got... Jacob Markstrom, Robin Lehner, and Linus Allmark, who we are both big fans of. And then you've got Forsberg as a spare in terms of your goaltenders. I mean, that is a terrific goaltending trio that can take you a long way.
1: Absolutely. And the Swedish team overall is just full of depth. I'd say they're probably one of the most well-rounded teams, if not the most well-rounded team that we've made so far, Matt. And I, I imagine that the Swedish Olympic team will be trying to build something fairly similar to this. The Swedes tend to like to have a well-rounded roster. We've seen that many times before at all sorts of different tournaments. And I see no different uh, going into this tournament.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Who's up next Czech Republic or Finland?
1: Let's go into the Czech Republic and we'll finish off with the Finns.
0: All right. Sounds good.
1: All right, so the Czech Republic, still another, uh, not quite as good as Sweden or Finland or any of the big names going into this Olympic tournament. But I, I think it's important to mention that the Czech Republic, even though they aren't a big name in terms of talent, they do have a lot of solid players. And I think that one has to... Uh, Keep them in mind when you're looking at medal predictions because the Czechs are always a dark horse. They've won medals plenty of times on the international stage, especially when people are not expecting them to. And this is still a solid roster. There are some uh, decent NHL players on here, Mac. So let's start off with the top line here, Mac. You've got Kubalik on the left. You got Tomas Hurdle down the middle, and you got Dave Pasternak, probably the best player on this Czech team on the right. That is a solid top line. Obviously, it's not quite as good as the uh, other rosters we're going to cover, but it still is solid, don't you think?
0: Yeah, for sure. And you've also got some really good young players on this team. So if you look at that second line, Marty Natchez, is going to be centering that second line, I feel, with Andre Palat, very good player. He's won some Stanley Cups, very hard to play against. And Philip Zadina, another young player, Red Wings prospect, joining him on that second line on the right side.
1: Yeah, this is a solid top six overall. Now, after the top six, just like the Russians, it does drop off a bit, that's for sure. But, you know, it still is not bad, Mac. You've got... Fosca down the middle on the third line. We've got Voracek on the right, and we've got Nosek on the left. And that that may not be a world-beating third line, but it's not bad. I'd, say, I'd argue it's better than the Russian third line that we came up with in the last episode, don't you?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, that's the one thing I will say about the Czech Republic is that they may not have the most – NHL depth, but I'd say that even uh, the Czech Republic squeaks out Russia in terms of uh, t- NHL talent on their uh, bottom six. Now, who do, who do we have on that fourth line, Mac? Yeah,
0: we're going to go with Andre Kasha, with Pavel Zaka and Filip Hedl. Uh, Another young line, but a line that can be pretty good for this Czech team. And, And there's some up and coming young players that are from the Czech Republic as they continue to churn out players. But it was tough coming up with this fourth line. And we'll get into the defense in just a bit. But guys, I had a really hard time figuring out. Who's on the reserve for the defenders on this team? Because there's only six active defensemen in the NHL that are from the Czech Republic. So help me out here. (laughs) (laughs) So those guys made the team by default, right? Yeah. Default,
1: default, default. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Let's get into that defense, Mac. You've got to. Good is on the left side for your top pairing defenseman. And you got Honeck on the uh, right side. Once again, this is not a world beating defensive pairing Mac, especially compared to the uh, last top defensive pairing in Hedman and Klinberg that we were gushing over. But uh, I argue it's not horrible. No. And obviously if you're in the NHL, you're a pretty darn good defender. Mm-hmm. And that second pairing uh, defenseman Mac, we've got really and simic on that second pairing defenseman once again and all the uh defensemen on here mac since there's only six active in the nhl they probably will get moved around a little bit they'll probably even within games they'll probably try and mix things up a little bit but it's still not bad but defense just like the russians to me mac is is one of the fatal flaws of the czech republic team if the, the the Czechs are not known for bringing out their best defenders, as evident by only six active Czech defenders.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we do have to mention before we get on to the goalies that Jacob Vrana would be on this team, but he's expected to miss four months with shoulder surgery and he would probably be unavailable. But we'll see what happens if he did make the team that would make them a little deeper and make that fourth line a little better. But let's get into the goalies. We've got Peter Mrazek, David Riddich, and Vitek Vanacek. And on the bench, we're going to go with the former Boston Bruin, Dan Vladar.
1: Absolutely. Uh, this goaltending depth isn't too, too bad. To me, uh, it all comes down to how, to, what type of season is Mrazek having Mac, Because he is a goalie that... Throughout his career, he's either going to be a world beater or he's going to struggle with inconsistencies. We saw that throughout his time in Carolina. And if he can get consistent and he can get hot for the uh, Czech Republic team, he might just be able to carry them further than a lot of us are expecting. Because just like uh, the uh, Russian team, the goaltending really is going to have to carry this team for their uh, lack of defensive depth. And Morazek and Riddich are going to be called on a lot to make a lot of big saves, especially playing teams like Sweden, Finland, Russia. They need to step up. They need to have good goaltending and Morazek is going to need to be consistent for the Czech Republic to have any sort of mental hope.
0: Yeah, for sure. But it's a solid team. And once again, they put together a good roster, but let's get into Finland. And I mentioned how much I like Sweden. This Finland roster is also very good. So let's talk about it. I mean, first of all, on that first line, you've got Alexander Barkov. And then on the left side, you have Sebastian Aho. On the right side, Tevo Taravainen.
1: I love that top line, Mac. It is so good. Sebastian Aho, I'm really excited to see him again on the international stage. That's going to be a lot of fun. This Finnish team, Mac, just like a lot of Finland's teams, you can never count them out for a medal. They're always in there. And they're a tough out, no matter who's on their roster, Mac. They've always been a tough out for any of the big medal contenders like Canada and the United States. The Finns play such a good... Sixty hard sixty minutes style of hockey to play against, and the Finns are going to be a tough out regardless of who shows up. So, the I'm looking forward to this Finnish team, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the bronze or even the gold medal game when all is said and done, Mac.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because not only do they have the star power, but they have good depth, they don't have any bad lines, and they've got terrific goaltending, which we'll get into in a bit. But let's talk about that second line, a little bit bit of a different look from that first line, but still extremely good.
1: Yeah, this is still a very good second line. You've got Rantanen bringing up the left side you've got granland down the middle a solid centerman right there and you've got patrick linea on the right now you and i've talked about patrick Line over the last few months especially now that he's a member of the columbus blue jackets if he can get things going on that second line and he can have a solid nhl and olympic tournament he could to me he's almost my x-factor mac hmm. he, he almost is i, I know people are going to talk about Aho and Tara Minen on that top line. But I really do think if Line a can rekindle that scoring touch that he had in his first couple seasons in the NHL, he could be that X factor that pushes this Finland, this already solid Finnish team over the top and into uh, a potential gold medal game. So I, I would certainly keep an eye on Laine through the NHL season and through the Olympics, because I think, That if he can find his scoring touch at the right time, Mac, he's going to be the uh, difference maker for this finished team. So how about that third line, Mac? Uh, You know, a bit of a drop-off, but not a massive one, and still a solid third line.
0: Yeah, for sure. You've got Kasperi Kapanen on that left side. Rope Hintz in the middle. We've talked about him a lot on this show. We're big fans of Rope Hintz. And then Jesse Pugliarvi, who has made a big impact in a short time, with the Edmonton Oilers, both defensively and offensively
1: absolutely I like this third line and I also like this fourth line Mac you've got Don's Coy bringing up the left side for the new Carolina Hurricane Kokinami on the middle and playing with Kokinami just with Patrick Laine he could have a really explosive season mm-hmm. and he could have a he could be another X factor to keep an eye on for this finish team and it also tells you the depth that this finish hockey program now has when a guy like Kokinami is your centerman on the fourth line and Capo and once again Capo he's had his struggles in the NHL, Mac. But it doesn't mean that he can't turn it on this year. All you need to do is have one good breakout year and he becomes a, a game changer for the Finnish team. And the scary thing about this team, Mac, is really from top to bottom, you can move a lot of these guys around. Let's say uh, Hintz is having a down game. You can always move Kokinami up and he can center Kuli and Kapanen quite easily. That's what's great about this Finnish team. that, that You can move all these players around and that you can make some great line combinations. The depth is great for Finland. Over the years, it's just been getting better and better. And I really think a lot of people have to be putting Finland in as a serious medal contender. I feel like over the last few tournaments, Mac, people seem to forget how good the Finns are on the international stage in terms of hockey. I quite frankly think, Mac, they should be put in the same category as Canada, USA, Russia, Sweden. They they are a top tier hockey program. Without a doubt, I just don't think they get as much credit for it as they should.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And as the spares in terms of forwards, we have Ellie Tolvanen and Yoel Armia. Very good. And now let's get into the defense. We've got the all-Dallas pairing with Heiskinen and Lindell to start us off. And then we've got an interesting, well, I would say interesting. uh, How about massive
1: second pairing? I like this second pairing, Mac. (laughs) You've got Ristolainen and you've got Hakapan. I really like this, Mac. It's a big second pairing. I know the NHL tends not to like contact in the men's tournament when they send their players. But you and I both know it can get pretty physical in the... (laughs) in the tournament, especially as we get further and further down the tournament. So having a big second pairing is going to be uh, very helpful.
0: Now here's where they could run into a little bit of trouble because that first pairing is so good. The second pairing is pretty good, although we're not huge fans of and Maybe he can have a better year this year. Then on the third pairing, you have Marcus Nutavara and Oli Mata. Not a bad pairing, but again, it really drops off after the first pairing. So the thing that could really cost Finland a chance at maybe gold is if Ristalainen doesn't play very well and if the defense can't hold off some of the top flight scorers in this tournament.
1: Mhm. Well, yeah, let's look at the uh goaltending Mackie guy UC Saros. And I quite like UC Saros. He is a solid goalie, but you know, once again, he he's going to need to step it up if he can find his groove the fins are going to be set. They can go really far. You want to score Pasalo. Uh, as you know here, Mac, a big game performer. He's going to need to be a big game performer because every game in the Olympic tournament is a big game and hopefully he can perform for that. And rounding out our goalies, Mac, we've got uh, Tuka Rask who, you know, funny, just four years ago, he would have been the definite starter for this Finnish team. Injuries have, uh, and age have caught up to him. It'd be great to see him uh, get healthy and re- reprise that starting role for the Finnish team. I would really like to see it. And I know you would as well. Health is obviously a uh, big question around Tucarask right now.
0: For sure. And then we got to mention Kevin Lankinen, who had a terrific season for the Chicago Blackhawks. I think he deserves to be in that conversation as well. And I had to look at other goalies, but I just said to myself, he deserves this opportunity. And the thing here is, if you've got, you know, Saros and Corpusalo playing well, you could kind of alternate them. And we've seen what Corpusalo does in big games before. He didn't have a great season, but then again, the Columbus Blue Jackets had a terrible season. So it wasn't just him. Now, the thing that I mentioned about the defense not potentially holding up against some of the better scorers in the tournament, what you do have is the goaltending. And I think either of Saros or Corpasalo, if they're on their game, can absolutely steal games for this team. And as you mentioned, they don't get enough credit for how good they are. And they'll probably devise a really good plan to play against teams like Canada and the US and Russia and Sweden. And if they can play well defensively, limit the penalties, you know, all the cliches, If you will, this team certainly has a chance to go a long way.
1: Absolutely. Well, both Finland and Sweden are in a tough group C. They will uh, have to face Slovakia and Latvia who aren't pushovers either. And of course, they'll have to face one another. More than likely, Finland and Sweden will be the top two coming out of that group C. It's just a matter of going to end up in which order and that'll certainly be a dogfight none of these groups really are easy you look at group a we've talked about this on our last episode canada united states germany china one thing any of these uh, teams that we've talked about Matt, need to remember is that anyone can win on any day and one loss can change your uh, entire uh, projection on where you're going to end up in the olympics so every game is a big game i think the competition in the men's hockey tournament is only getting tighter and tighter and that's great to see because it means good hockey for you and i and everyone else i am really looking forward to the Olympics, as I know you are as well. I know a lot of the big NHLers are really looking forward to getting back to the Olympics after almost 10 years away from it now.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay. Anything else you'd like to mention before we finish this episode?
1: Well, I guess the only thing I should mention is that the regular season starts... In just over a week, both you and I are really excited. Make sure you get a chance to watch some hockey, even through all our busy, busy lives, because I think this is going to be a really exciting season. It's mostly back to normal season, Matt. There's a lot of events that are going to be held this year that we didn't get a chance to see last year, and I just can't wait for the NHL season to get underway. And I know you can't either.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, everybody, thanks again for listening. This is the last episode for a little bit, as we mentioned, but we are planning on keeping this going going we will see what happens but thank you again for your support over the last four years you know where to find us on any podcast platform just look for the white red and blue logo thanks for listening enjoy the games stay safe guys